Hello, welcome to Senior Beat. My name is Laura Hunt. I'm the program coordinator at the Madison Senior Center, and co-hosting today is Sally Jo Spaney, the managing director at the Madison Senior Center. And um, with us today to talk to us is Cheryl Whitkey and Jean Papalia from Safe Communities. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, welcome, ladies. We're glad to have you here today. Um, we're interested in hearing about what your work is um, showing you in terms of the rates of suicide among older adults in um, the Madison area. Yeah, well, Safe Communities looks at the top causes of injury in Dane County, and suicide has been up there for the last 20 years since we've been in, in business. And unfortunately, we're not seeing a lot of changes. Um, the, the sad thing, of course, is that we're losing, you know, up to 80 people a year. Um, and increasingly, we're seeing, you know, issues with older adults. Um, you know, the good news is there's an awful lot we can do to prevent suicide. So we also want to, you know, focus on, on the hopeful aspects and ways Absolutely. that people can, can act and improve the situation. Um, one thing we know about elder suicide is that per each attempt, uh, there are more completions. So where the general population, there might be, you know, 40 to 50 attempts um, to each completion, among the older adult population, we see more like one in eight. Mm -hmm. So they tend to use more lethal means. They tend to, to plan more um, so that they're not rescued. And so that's the kind of information I think that we also need to know. What kind of information can we share with family members or loved ones who might see warning signs? Um, what, what's out there for us to know about that? What, do you want to talk about warning signs? Sure. Yeah. Um, while every suicide is a tragedy, it's not unknown. And um, there's been a great deal of study. And there are clues that people sometimes um, express. Some can be behavioral clues. It can include things like... Um, the giving away of prized items, not to be confused with people who are downsizing, which is acceptable, but rather a spontaneous giving away of items. Um, it can also be verbal uh, things they say, like pretty soon I won't be around much longer, or um, expressions of how they have a sense of burdensomeness. And it can be situational if you notice that they're not doing activities that they previously enjoyed. In fact, um, we know that depression plays a large part in mm -hmm. suicide. And we know that um, when describing suicide, it can be the traditional um, feeling sad every day for the last two weeks. But among our seniors, it can be described as um, not participating in activities that you previously enjoyed, so a pulling back. And some of that can be a very slow process through cognition. For example, um, you enjoyed the social interaction when you got together with your friends to play cards but now because you don't drive at night, you're not able to meet with your friends. So you lose that social interaction. Mm -hmm. Or it can be through declines in vision or in hearing and you're not as engaged. So you start to lose connection with people. So social isolation, different changes in our body that don't make it as possible to interact with others as um, we used to be able to. What other factors play into um, the uh, suicide attempts. It can be uh, chronic pain, too, unremitting pain. Um, and it can be a sense of hopelessness that sometimes felt, um, oh, I'll never get better. Oh, this will never go away. Um, or I'm just, it's too much trouble. I'm unwilling to do it. And all those things start to pull a person back. And it starts to emphasize loss instead of engagement. Mm -hmm. And when you start focusing on loss, it, it 
sort of takes away any kind of joy or resilience in your life. Mm-hmm. When you talk about suicide in older adults, um, are we including together the, the suicide um, when people have depression with when uh, people are terminally ill? Is that all kind of lumped together or are those two different things? Um, pain and injury and terminal illness can be a risk factor, as can mental health and problems and disorders. But um, mental health disorders are extremely treatable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, alcohol or substance abuse is treatable. And so as a result, we, we can start to mitigate those factors. And treatment for depression <laughs> is extremely effective. 60 to 80% of the time it can be treated. It's just important that everyone stays focused on the fact that depression is not a byproduct of aging mm-hmm. and that it is treatable. Um, there, I'm sure you all have memories of people that lived, you know, large and happy lives up until the very end. And that it shouldn't be unusual. That should be the goal. And if we need help through treatment and support, then that should be encouraged instead of a sense of, oh, well, it's just inevitable. What kind of statistics do you see for folks 60 and older who um, may be experiencing some of these uh, warning signs um, and their ability or willingness to reach out for help or find help? I think it can be a challenge, um, I, and I not to generalize too much, but of course men sometimes, and particularly of, of an older generation, have a difficult time asking for help. Maybe they've they've learned that it's a sign of weakness, and so they, they tend not to. Um, and so, you know, asking the question specifically, if you see a change in the person, are you thinking about killing yourself? Mm-hmm. While, you know, we, we want to pull back from that because it's such a terrible thought. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they're thinking about it and if they're trying to hide their emotions and, you know, and hide their, their sense of loss, to put it out there is actually stating what they're feeling and then putting it on the table to be able to discuss it. So, um, you know, that's important. It's important for all of us to be really clued in to the changes that Jean mentioned and then to be able to be willing, basically, Mm -hmm. to ask these tough questions. Mm -hmm. And what are the resources available for folks um, who might find themselves feeling um, down and depressed and isolated? Um, where, Where should they turn for help? Well, it's all about community and connection, which is which is where I think some of your other guests will be able to talk about places where they can come together. And it's also, um, I don't think seniors want to spend all their time just with seniors. I think involving them activities, multi-generational is important. And I think continuing to involve them um, with their families. And if they don't have families, then create the families through neighborhood or neighbors and keeping an eye on people. Um, and... One of my part-time jobs is, is um, working for the Department of Health Services and reading about the suicides that occur um, throughout the state of Wisconsin. And um, many times the people that actually discover a suicide death are, are neighbors who say, I, I know my neighbor. I know that they walk their dog or they come outside and I just haven't seen them in a while and I became concerned. So there's really sort of an... Um, an under-the-radar under sense of connection. But I think if you step that up once more and let people know that you're there to help out um, and you're there to engage with them and simply asking, how are you? How are you doing today? And then wait for the answer is extremely important. Do, do you think people today tend to think that they should just mind their own business? Mm-hmm. You know, we know our na- neighbors, but we don't want to intrude and invade their privacy? There, 
I, uh, in my job as a police officer, sometimes I would have to try to figure out. Uh, it was a broken window at a house, and no one was home. And I'd go and ask the neighbors, and I'd say, "Do you, do you know anything?" Mm-hmm. And they would list an entire list of things like, "Well, I, I notice that their car leaves in the morning. I notice their dog comes out. I notice their kids." And they they would have a very respectful pattern of mm-hmm. life, and then they they'd always apologize. Well, I don't want you to think I'm that kind of neighbor. And I'd say, I, I don't. I think it's important yeah. that we observe what goes on with our neighbors and if things raise your attention. And if you notice that your neighbor's normally a gardener and they haven't been out in days, I'd be knocking on the door and asking. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I think that um, lots of people crave intergenerational intergenerational relationships. And so, you know, no matter what age we are, if we're living in a neighborhood, just taking that extra step and getting to know our neighbors just a little bit can really make a big difference in someone's life. Um, and I think that in terms of st- the stigma of aging, um, that will then be lessened. And as we know, the stigma of aging can also create isolation. Um, so those are all good factors to keep in mind. <coughs> yeah. What else can you tell us about um, the zero suicide yeah, well, we're we're really fortunate in Dane County. Um, I'm, I'm sure that there are other communities in the country that do this, but I'm proud of the fact that we have all of our health care systems that are working together to implement something called zero suicide, which is basically an aspirational goal that no, no suicide is acceptable. Mm-hmm. And one statistic that we know that, that I've heard Gene cite is that people who die by suicide have typically seen a primary care physician within six months, excuse me, six six weeks to two months of their death. So there's a lot of opportunities for healthcare to be engaged in suicide prevention. And so all of our healthcare systems are implementing sort of um, process improvement measures, things that we know work. For example, you know, asking the question through screening, you know, are, are you, have you considered suicide? Um, and then when, when there is, a, a positive comment in that regard, then working with them on safety planning. So making sure that there's no means. So, so we would ask them specifically, if you were to kill yourself, how would you do it? Mm-hmm. Again, a very scary question that even psychiatrists and people that have mental health training are very uncomfortable asking. So we have to work on that. On that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how would you kill yourself? Well, there's a gun in my home that I would use. All right, how are we going to get that gun out of the house now? Mm-hmm. And here are some resources. For example, Jean's worked really effectively, and we're the only place in the nation where we have gun shops that are actually storing guns for people who are in a suicidal crisis. So sharing that information with healthcare and saying, "Here's a gun shop. Somebody who understands a gun owner, and you know, is is able to take this gun and keep it safe during the crisis." Get this information to your patients so that they can do that. Mm-hmm. Get, get, it, get it out of the house. So those kind of conversations are happening in Dane County healthcare systems every day. And the other really amazing thing is that all of the healthcare systems are are um, assessing that work and sharing the information across systems. So you have competing healthcare systems that are saying, "Yeah, we're auditing our safety plans and we're finding them to be effective in these ways, or we need to improve them in these ways." And um, again, I think it's remarkable. So I think mm-hmm. there's an awful lot to be to be said about the commitment to health care, um, of health care. And then, and then we also have the, the county executive announcing our Ending Deaths from Despair initiative, which is going to engage more community partners in suicide prevention, and, and that's very exciting. Can you talk a little bit more about that? <clears throat> yeah, so we're seeing, um, you know, across the nation, 
people dying more of overdose, suicide, and chronic alcoholism. You know, there, there have been statistics that have said, you know, for the first time in generations, we have people dying um, at a younger age than, their, than previous generations. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this is driven by what we're calling deaths from despair. Um, it could be due to dislocations from, um, you know, from family and, and sort of social isolation, as we've talked about. It could also be economic factors. But we need to engage around this issue. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be employers, healthcare, neighbors, senior centers, youth centers, everybody pulling together. So we have this, this uh, task force coming together to implement some initiatives like the Green Bandana Campaign, which is a campaign that NAMI's pulled together to train people and, and be able to be available that if you need somebody to talk to, they're wearing a green bandana, I can talk to them. That's, that's excellent. Well, I happen to know a senior center that could get involved <laughs> in that, so that sounds really good. Um, anything else, Laura? Um, the stigma. Mm. Um, you know, you talk about how many people um, are dying by suicide, but yet I think part of the reason we don't know, um, if you follow the obituaries, um, it, it seldom says suicide. Um, they die unexpectedly. Oh, they died unexpectedly. They don't exactly. die after a courageous battle with anything. No. Although mm -hmm. they probably yeah. have fought addictions and depression mm -hmm. for years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I think we need to remember that suicide is preventable. Asking about suicide mm -hmm. does not cause a suicide or put the idea in anyone's head. Excellent. In fact, it can be one of the most life-affirming things you say. That's some of the most um, important words, I think, that we can take away from this um, interview today. So we thank you for being here today. I think your topic is extremely important. I think we pointed out some great um, red flags, so to speak, and then given some great options at what people can do. So thank you so much for being here today. We'll see you next um, next. Segment Next segment on Senior Beat. Thank you. Welcome back to Senior Beat. In this segment, we'll be talking with Cheryl Batterman, the manager of the Area Agency on Aging, and Jill McCone, director of the Fitchburg Senior Center. Welcome. 
welcome. Thanks. Welcome, ladies. We're really glad you're here today. You have some exciting news to share with the community. Um, these two women have worked very hard at a grassroots level to bring some additional mental health funding into the community for seniors. Could you please tell us a little bit about how you got started on this adventure? And Sure. Yeah, our uh, Area Agency on Aging, which I'm from now on going to be calling AAA because it's just way too long, mm -hmm. um, we have a board of directors that have worked very hard to stress advocacy amongst um, older adults, especially specifically as it addresses the programs and services. And so uh, at the beginning of each year in January, the process starts that uh, we work with community organizations like our 12 senior focal points and RSVP to identify what are the, are the unmet needs of seniors. And so then they, they use a, a template, a format to identify history, qualifications, um, and also the outcomes of each of the different um, funding priorities that are identified each year. And this is funding priorities for the following year. This process is, uh, follows that we have a step-by-step -step monthly um, accountability of the process that, that we follow. The board takes the recommendations from the community leaders, then approves it, and then the AAA staff uses it as sort of a, a guide when we create our budget for the following year. When the budget is released by the uh, Department of Human Services within Dane County, uh, that's when the true advocacy starts, and that is when uh, members of the board members of the different focal points, their directors, uh, and especially members of the Legislative and Advocacy Committee. They're the ones that go out and advocate on behalf of the older adults to secure new funding for a new project or expand a current proje project. And how, how do they do that? Tell us more about the advocacy. Well, they, they attend, uh, they go and meet with the director, I'm sorry, yes, the director of the department. Uh, they meet with the county executive. They attend um, a lot of meetings with the Health and Human Needs Committee, Personnel and Finance Committee meetings, and then they also go to the supervisor, uh, board of supervisor meet meetings when the budget is being discussed. So there's a lot of time, and you're constantly bringing this issue to the forefront. Right. From April to um, really until the budget is passed in mm -hmm. October. I mean, it's officially passed in November, but yeah. Yeah. So that's a lot, a lot of hours. hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the process, but why, I think why we're here is to talk about how successful this process has been mm -hmm. over the years. I started tracking this in 2014, and we've increased the funding mm -hmm. for older Americans living in Dane County so that they can continue to live independently and safely in their own homes. We've raised, increased the budget over a million dollars. Of wow. which, of that million dollars, about $700,000 is uh, made up of Dane County taxes. Right. And so this is <clears throat> internal funding, not coming from the state or right. the feds or, mm -hmm. or grants and that. That's and really so something. The, yeah. the largest amount we've been able to, to secure was for mental health. 
And that's where Jill comes in with her advocacy. Thanks. Tell us about that, Jill. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, way back, um, I've been in the Aging Network for just about 26 years, and um, I recall when I first came into the Aging Network, we had a really strong mental health service called MOST, which was Mobile Outreach to Seniors Team. And that was developed by the mental health agency in Dane County way back in 87. Um, And it was a pilot program, and it was funded by the National Institute for Mental Health. And then after three years, the county just took it over. And it was really successful. It worked with um, psychiatrists and nurses, and they did outreach. And what they did is they met monthly with the focal points, or senior center case managers or outreach workers. And they just really gave them advice on how to work with people with mental health because they're very Mm time-consuming. And there's boundary issues, and there's medication issues, and there's just so much more to know than our social workers or outreach workers have ha, do know or have the time to know and so it, it was really just a great great program and then I would say in about 2012 um, the program was put under journey mental health um, funding was starting to decline and then after another year or so um, journey mental health could not fund the program any longer um, they were getting some Medicaid reimbursement, but not very much. So the program went away. And I think when it went away, we were all like, oh, well, it went away. But then after a couple of years, we we're like, this is troublesome because we all know mental health um, needs are increasing and um, there was just no support. And so um, in our issues that we came forward with, we said we have to try to bring back a program with this. And we initially presented it. Um, to Dane County as a pilot to say we, we want to be able to contract with mental health specialists to go again into um, focal points and work with the social workers and the outreach workers, the case managers, to help develop case plans and, and um, support them with their clients that were dealing with mental health issues. So the positions you've created will work directly with the clients that are um, clients of the case managers and how is that? Um, a little yes. a little bit of both it yes. can you know the team meetings the month the, the goal and that's how it used to be um, the 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 mental health professional would come out to the senior centers and just have a meeting once a month and so you could review cases and so not all of those cases need to be seen one-on-one by that mental health professional um, the case managers continue but but the mental health professional might say listen if so-and-so is going to call 17 times a day hang up it's okay but you know you need to know that and then but other times there were situations where that mental health provider would go into the homes with the social worker it's non-intimidating you know these are folks that don't diagnose themselves with having mental health issues and so to bring a a friendly nurse into the home really just is is an easy way to start building a relationship versus you need to go to a clinic you need to get diagnosed you need to meet these qualifications you know you need to go here 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 so you're Um, removing barriers it's providing a wonderful resource for our case managers who are right. not trained right. mental health professionals right. at all. Mm-hmm. And so by hiring, having a company mm-hmm. provide this service um, with the $200,000 right. that the right. Dane County Executive found in his budget, mm-hmm. um, as Jill said, it's, we requested it to be a one-year pilot, mm-hmm. but he put it in to occur every year. So wow, we that's excellent. nice. I know. <laughs> we were just overwhelmed when yeah. we heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think it plays really well into his 
uh, initiative that he started this year, yeah. uh, devoting even more money for mental health mm -hmm. resources mm -hmm. and creating a behavioral health resource center right. that's going to be opening up. Um, I believe in April, yeah. but be that as it may, this is a resource for our 45 plus case managers mm -hmm. that are working in the different focal points, a program that is unique to itself yeah. within Dane County. There, um, it's a uh, case management funding um, is uh, at least coming from Dane County um, is just a little over a million dollars. Once again, it's taxpayer money mm -hmm. when we go out to different uh, counties within the state, they'll often ask me, that case management program that you have, it's so successful, how do we get that one like that right. for us? And right. I always say, find your own money because we're funding it through tax dollars. Mm -hmm. We take no funding from any other source. And so as a result of providing community-based uh, uh, case management services and now using this resource of hiring uh, from a company who is a mental health type company um, that have the expertise in mental health. Uh, by combining these two together, hopefully that will at least help the case managers keep our seniors in their homes as long as possible. Is the, is the funding specifically for older adults? Yes, yeah. it okay. is mental health resources mm -hmm. for older adults and it's um, an RFP has just been yeah. uh, posted mm -hmm. and it's due the 2nd of April and so we're looking for organizations that would like to collaborate with us mm -hmm. on this. Um, it really sounds like a win-win, not only for the consumer, but for the case managers. Right. And I just wanted to back up a minute and ask you to please list off the focal points. Some of our viewers might not know those um, terms that we use, <laughs> sure, and I want sure. them to understand the geographical area yeah, that yeah. you're talking about. So if I forget something, sure. <laughs> I will. So uh, there are 12 of them, mm -hmm. Colonial Clubs, Senior Activity Center, DeForest Community and Senior Community Center. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Right? Some of them are a little longer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fitchburg mm -hmm. Senior Center. Mm -hmm. um, Stoughton. Stoughton. Well, I was trying to go out. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> just that's harder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Middleton Senior Center, Newbridge, Madison. Um, Wanakee. Oh, sorry, you're going oh, yeah. alphabetical okay. order. Wanakee mm -hmm. uh, Senior Center, Stoughton Area Senior Center, Oregon Area Senior Center. Mount Horb. Uh, yeah, Horb. which is Mount Horb Senior Center, but they go by um, Southwest Dane mm -hmm. Senior right. Services. Mm -hmm. um, McFarland Senior mm -hmm. Outreach. Yeah. So, and wow. Northwest Dane yeah. Senior So, wow, Center. this funding is <laughs> touching a lot of oh, yeah. areas, yeah. meaning right. a lot of people. It yeah. will, so especially those rural areas that, mm -hmm. you know, really have no resources out there. We met with um, Leslie Fox, who's a Dane County Sheriff. Um, who does uh, community outreach and deals with folks outside municipalities. And um, last April, they had contracted with Journey Mental Health to bring in um, a crisis worker, a mental health professional that could accompany her. Mm -hmm. And she talked about how awesome it was to have this extra support in these rural areas because, you know, she's going out on a crisis call mm -hmm. and then she leaves. Mm -hmm. And what support is there for that older adult or that family? And the last thing you want to do is handcuff them and take them to Mendota or, you know, take those kind of measures. So it's, it's super cost preventive. It's relationship building. Um, 
the cost of Mendota is like almost $1,100 a day, a day. So if we can prevent somebody from being um, institutionalized, even if it's just, you know, for six months, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, it's just a win-win across the board. Mm -hmm. And just like suicide is not a topic that is... Um, talked about mm-hmm. mental right. health obviously right. is not either and right. we find that many of our senior adults have been undiagnosed untreated right. and when their uh, support system changes i.e. their husband Passes. leaves mm-hmm. in one form or another mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden uh, the help that he was providing to his wife is no longer there and that's when the crisis occurs and that's mm-hmm. when social workers or the case managers come in and try mm-hmm. to find different resources that'll help them. And I just yeah. wanted to mention that, that you know there are some resources out there for folks with mental health but unfortunately you have to have medical assistance or you have to have badger mm-hmm. care and it's very rare that private pay insurance will cover that mm-hmm. and so that leaves very limited services for the vast majority of folks um, and even if you do have that stuff you have to have a diagnosis and how many older adults don't even go to the doctor, particularly those that have mental illness that don't want a diagnosis. So and if they're right. feeling yeah, if they're feeling isolated, depressed, right. you know, the less right. likely they are to seek out that exactly. help and treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I applaud you both on your efforts. This is um, a real plus for Dane County and um, the city. We oh. really appreciate your advocacy and hard work on this. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And that wraps up Senior Beat for today. We'll see you next time.